Blog Talk Radio. Mary had a little cancer. 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 No cancer left in my body. March of 2022, 
to remove the first tumor and then January of 2023 to remove the second tumor. Um, and as of right now, I'm in remission, so, you know, no cancer in my body as of right now that I know of. It's time for my post-op uh, for my surgery in January, so I will be going to um, to get that done. And what that consists of is getting another mammogram, and I'm sure they're going to want to do a phonogram. So hopefully when they do that, that will all be negative and there is nothing. Um, I probably do need to get a couple of other scans done because there was some stuff that they had saw, like they saw something the last time on my colon, um, but they, they didn't think that it was cancer or anything like that. It was, you know, there were no indications that it was cancer, but I think they called it like a polyp or something. So I guess because I had cancer, I need to, of course, be mindful about that and keep a watchful eye out on it and get it checked. So I'll probably get that done too. And then, of course, once all those tests are done, I'll give updates, as I always do. It's just that, you know, luckily for the last six to seven months, I've kind of been able to take a break from all the doctor's visits and all the poking and prodding and scans and this and that, and I'm so, you know, so relieved to have this break, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of not, yeah, I mean, I know I have to and I will go in for my follow-ups, but I really don't want to. I really don't want to go for these things again because maybe, you know, I'm just anticipating, I don't want to get bad news. Um, not that I'm I, not that I am anticipating any bad news because I'm not, but you know of course those chances are always there. Um, I just don't feel like dealing with it anymore. You know I feel like okay I've had six to seven months without having to go to all these different doctors' appointments to kind of take a break and take a step back from that, and I don't want to have to start going through that again. But you know it's just it's a part of of what it is, and that's okay. It'll get done. Um, okay, so uh, I just, you know, kind of wanted to give everybody a rundown of, you know, my, uh, the breast cancer that I have is triple or that I had is triple negative breast cancer. Um, there are all different types of breast cancer. And actually, this leads me right into something else before we get into the Cleveland Clinic trial. Um, I've I've seen a lot of Post. I've heard a lot of people talk. I, you know, I hear people tell me that they're breast cancer survivors. And one of the questions I like, I'll ask people, okay, well, what kind of breast cancer did you have? I had a, a conversation with a lady the other day, an older lady, beautiful soul. Oh, I hope, and she said she was going to come back and see me, and I hope she does because she was just such a sweetie, and I just want to give her a hug. She was so, just such a beautiful soul. Anyway, an older lady. Um. And she said that she had survived breast cancer as well. And I asked her what kind of breast cancer she had, and she couldn't tell me. She was like, oh, I don't know. It was just breast cancer. I'm like, no. Breast cancer comes in all different shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? I mean, for lack of better terms, it, you know, there's all different types. So um, if somebody in your family or yourself or somebody you know or whatever, it's important to find out what type of breast cancer you have, not just you have breast cancer, because once you know the type of breast cancer you have, not only 
I mean, your doctors will know, right? But you need to be asking those questions. You need to, uh, my point is, is that I'm not bossing and not telling anybody you need to, you're going to do whatever you think is right for you. But I'm just imploring you to ask questions and find out every little detail that you possibly can so that you can go and do research yourself so that when the doctors are coming to you with treatment plans, because that's what they call it, and I love the fact that they call it a treatment plan. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just the, the wording that, that sometimes people use. Anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent. Um, so that when your doctors do come to you with a treatment plan because they're going to come to you, they're going to say you need radiation, you need chemo, this, this there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown at you. That's my point. There's going to be a lot of things thrown at you. So when you go to these doctor's appointments, um, whether it's yourself, family, friends, whatever, uh, take a notepad. Or you know what? Take your phone and just record. You can record the whole, you can, you know, just let them know, hey, I want to record this. Is that okay? I mean, it's your health information, so it should be okay, but there may be some HIPAA regulations to that, I'm not sure, but just ask your doctor. I don't think that they would have a problem with it. And if they tell you they're more comfortable with you not recording it, fine. You know, take a notepad and paper. Uh, I mean, a notepad and paper, that is paper, right? Take a notepad and pen. Um, take someone with you. Maybe they'll ask different questions that you wouldn't ask. Um, if you're not comfortable with doing those things, someone, ask a friend, ask a family member, hey, can you come with me? You know, I'm not really good at this. Can you come with me and, uh, you know, help me take notes and, and so on um, and ask the right questions and such and so forth. So, you know, know what type of cancer you have or, or you know, what type of breast cancer you have. Because just because you have, you know, tr breast cancer, it's fueled from all different things. So there's all different types, different stages. Um, so, again, I just I implore everybody to get as much information as you can. They're going to come to you with the treatment plans, the medication, the chemo, the radiation plan, the this, the that, the potential surgery, what your options are. And you want to have that stuff so that when you're sitting down either with your family or by yourself or with your spouse or whoever, to sit and make informed decisions on what is right for you and what is, you know, because just because the doctor says you should do it and this, this, that, A, B, C, and D, doesn't mean that you should. And and I really hate saying stuff like this because I don't want anybody to think that because of the path that I took, that's the path that you should take. You should take your own path. What I'm trying to say is your path should be an informed one. Please do research. Do research on the medications that they're taught. If you're if you're gonna go if you're gonna get chemo and get radiation, please look up the names of the medications. Look up the chances, you know, the survival rates with chemo and without chemo. Look those numbers up. Um Look at other things, uh, you know, maybe something natural, you know, and, and I'm definitely a supporter and a purporter of natural healing. Um, for me, that other stuff just wasn't my path. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, 
And that was the decision between me and God that was, you know, that made that decision. So uh, it had nothing to do with my family. If I would have done what my family wanted me to do, I'd probably be doing this show with no hair on my head right now. And I have I have nice hair. I know you all can't see me, but <laughs> um, so which you know, and 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 my family not downing them or anything. Wow, this is really going to go in a whole other direction than what I originally wanted it to. But that's okay because um, if my family my family wanted me to do chemo, they were like chemo, 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 chemo. You're going to die if you don't do chemo. I remember my mom was like, I cannot bury my daughter, Mary. You have to do the chemo. The doctors told you you got to do the chemo. Do the you know. I don't, and I'm like, Ma, I love you, and I'm so sorry that you feel like that, but I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not going to die. You're not going to have to bury me, but I'm not, go, I'm not doing the chemo either. I tried it, tried it once. And, again, this is just a recap for those of you that are new to listening to the show because some, a lot of, you know, a lot of my, uh, my seasoned listeners, they know the story, but, so, you know, I had this really bad allergic reaction to the first uh, chemo treatment. Couldn't even get past the first chemo drug. They only got, like, a quarter of what they wanted to give me of what their, you know, the original dosage was supposed to be. They only got maybe about a quarter of it. I don't even know if they got that much in me right before I started having um, a really bad allergic reaction uh, that, you know, I thought I was going to die. Honestly, I've never felt that bad in my life. And I'm not a good patient. Like, I, I'm not good sick. If I don't feel good, I'm I'm out. I'm done. I'm down. Um, so I don't like being sick to my stomach. I don't like feeling dizzy. I mean, I was dizzy. I was hot. I was on fire. I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. And the medication I was taking, the, the chemo drug that I was taking was, um, was Taxol. That's the shortened version of it. Um, it's a 30-year-old chemo drug. Uh, there is a newer drug out there, but that would take that would take the Taxol place. But Taxol is cheaper for the for the um, for the cancer doctors, you know, for the for the clinics and all that, because there's all kinds of cancer centers, clinics. I mean, if you ever look around and wonder why these places are popping up all over the place, whole centers where you ain't got to go anywhere. For anything, everything is done right there. Your blood draws, your scans. Your, I mean, you don't have to go anywhere. Should you? They got hair salons. They got, um, you know, they offer yoga, and I mean, there's it's 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 so it's so odd to me. Okay, so I'm not gonna, I won't, uh, I won't jump on that uh, on that wagon right now because I'll go down a whole another rabbit hole. Um, and then I always mess up on where I was at. So, oh, okay. So my family, you know, my so I I I told them at that point in time after I had that allergic reaction to the taxol, I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing this. And there is a backstory to that. And the shorter version of this is. You know, I had been praying to God, God, please direct me in the right way for me to go. And this is, again, this is all my journey, not yours. doesn't have to be. I'm not pushing no religion, no God, no not death. This is my journey, and I'm going to tell my testimony. Um, and this is my damn show. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but it is my show. Um, 
so I had been praying, God, please, you know, take me down the right path. Give me any sign I need. But I, but whatever sign you give me, I always, when I pray, I'm like, God, if you're going to send me a sign, I need you to, like, write it out. I need to see it. Like, you got to hit me in the head with it in order for me to recognize it, right? Because if not, I'll play guessing games with myself all the time. Um, so... You know, I had prayed, 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 and been going to church and, you know, doing, just trying to stay um, in a, uh, in an even-keeled healing sense of myself. And the best way to do that for me was through God. And that, you know, that walk, my walk through cancer was, in comparison to most other people's journeys that I have seen with my own eyes and been involved in, my journey was like a, a cakewalk. I mean, I hate to use that as, for a lack of better terms, but, um, you know, things really were just not that difficult for me. I can't sit here and say the most difficult thing during that whole process was that getting that chemo treatment. That was the most difficult thing. And the, um, uh, what's that? Damn, well, you, you got to lay in this machine. Oh, my God, is it an MRI? I think it's, uh, it's not an MRI. It's some other. You got to lay front, you lay belly down in this machine, and your breasts are like in these, cups or whatever, and you go through and this machine, it makes all this noise, and you put earplugs in your ear. I cannot remember the name of this damn uh, test, but those two things, that reaction to the chemo and that scan were the worst parts about, and and seeing my mother, you know, worry. Those were the worst parts about, um, and the initial diagnosis, like when they said, you know, you have cancer, you know what I mean, before I kind of have really processed anything. Um, that was probably the worst part, but everything else, God was with me at every moment, every through each surgery, through every doctor's appointment, through everything. Um, and I had, like, family that wanted to come with me to my doctor's appointments and stuff like that, and I, I went by myself. I was just much – I was much more comfortable going alone um, and making the decision – for me, like I knew that this had to be for this process had to be between me and God, um, and any kind of outside um, noise would have interfered with what I believed was the right thing to do. Um, because you know, when you have family, they care about you. They want to see you be okay. They and you know, when you get diagnosed with cancer, people be coming out the woodworks. Like you turn the lights on and the cockroaches are coming out. Um, <laughs> so when you say you got cancer, you know, it's almost like you you become that cancer to people, right? Like not that they're looking at you, but it's almost like people, they look at you differently. They start treating you differently. They treat you like little kid gloves. They, you know, they, they're more attentive to you. Um, they go through these, uh, you know, because they're going through emotions and shit like that, and that's their way of showing that they care because, you know, they don't, maybe they've never been through it before. They don't know how to process it or whatever, or that's just what we are 
uh, programmed to do, you know, throughout through our upbringings and stuff. So, um, you know, what I did, um, you know, although against doctor's orders and against my family's, um, you know, they understood. They respected me. I won't say against their, you know, my mom was worried about me. My sister kept telling me, you got to get chemo, you got to get chemo, you got to get, I mean, everybody was like, you got to get chemo, you got to get chemo. The doctor's like, you got to get chemo. I was like, man, I don't want that motherfucking chemo. I've seen people on that. I don't want to go through that. Um, I really don't. I, you know, I hate it that other people have gone through that and I've seen them go through that and I don't. I can't like from I couldn't even fathom having to throw up all the time and being sick because they said that shit was gonna make me sick to my stomach, the hair falling out or you know rocking a bald head, whatever hair grows back. You understand what I'm saying? That shit is minimal, even though it is a big part for me. Uh, when it really comes down to it, I'd rather have no cancer and no hair than you know have cancer and have hair. So. Um, but it's so crazy that that's, so this goes into why, you know, I know that I had an appointment the day before my first chemo injection to get my hair cut, um, to get my head shaved with the salon at the Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. I was going to get my blood work done the day before because they got to check your levels and shit before you can go in. Um, I was going to get that blood work, and uh, I was going to go have them do my hair too. So this is just tying back into why, you know, what happened with the chemo and shit. So I was just getting off the highway to, and I was in, I was in, uh, this was in Tampa, Florida. I was living in Bradenton, Florida. This was last year, um, last February to be exact. Uh, or well, it's February, February of 2022. Um, I had an appointment with the hair salon, so I get my phone rings and it's the cancer center. So I'm picking up the I pick up hello, you know, and oh hey, this is so and so from the hair salon. Um, the stylist uh, had an emergency or some shit, whatever. They're out today, so we're gonna have to reschedule you. I said, well, listen, I'm gonna have chemo tomorrow, and I don't know how I'm going to feel after that, so I don't want to go ahead and schedule something with you and then, you know, have to call and reschedule and potentially take somebody else's spot, you know what I mean? Let, you know, just leave your whatever, you know, you you need to do. So I'll call you back and reschedule. Okay, no problem. So I go, I get my blood work done. Everything is good. I'll go the next day. I want to say it was February 17th. I, I don't know why I know this date. But I want to say it was February 17th, and I go to get the um, get the chemo. Now, that appointment, I did let my cousin come with me because I didn't know how I was going to feel afterwards. You know what I mean? I, may have, I didn't know if I was going to be able to drive home. They told me to bring somebody, so I did. So, right, they called me, so we're waiting in the waiting room, you know, and, and I'm good. Everything is good, right? I'm like, okay, you know. I mean, I'm good, but I'm not good. Like, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not thinking about it. But as soon as them jokers called my name and I got to those damn double doors to go through, that was it. I just broke down. I was like, shit, what the hell? So I was like, okay, God, I was like, I need, you know, I need you to be with me through this process too, you know. Like, you've been with me this whole time. I need to, you know, 
I need to remember that you're with me through this process too. So the lady's like, it's going to be okay, blah, 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 blah. We go, we sit in the back. Um, they get my port hooked up or whatever. They pump me with some shit, Benadryl, some Benadryl and some steroids. And by the time they finished pumping me up with the, Bene, with the Benadryl and the steroids, I already started feeling like, what the fuck is happening to me, you know? Because it was foreign to my body. I don't put medication in my body. I don't take aspirin. I don't take pills. I don't do any of that shit. I just don't. Um, if I have a headache, I, I ride that shit out. It ain't never that bad where I need to take no aspirin. Um, it has been, and I have taken, I'm not going to say I've never taken an aspirin before because I have, but I don't, if I get one little ache or pain or whatever, it's just for me. It's not no judgment if you do that, but I'm saying for me, I just don't, I cannot, I don't, I just can't. Um, and there's a backstory to why I have, you know, what my distaste for, uh, Western medicine is, um, and, Maybe we'll get into that the next show. Uh, so, see, I always do that, and then, I, again, I lose my train of thought. Okay, so we sit back there, blah, 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 blah. They get me, okay, I'm already feeling woozy and shit. I already don't feel good. I'm like, oh, man, I don't feel right. They're like, oh, it's going to be okay. Well, yeah, bitch, because you're not sitting in this goddamn chair. I know it's going to be okay. You can hook me up to this poison you're about to put in my body, telling me it's going to be okay, and then you're going to go back there and probably get on your phone and watch some fucking TikTok videos until my bag is done and you got to come change and put the next chemo drug in me. I mean, I'm just being facetious, but, I mean, that's really, truly how I felt. Like, well, you ain't the one fucking sitting here. Um, so they then they, they hook up the other shit, whatever. I have this crazy, I'm calling them. And there wasn't even a call button. That's another thing. Like, there was no emergency call button. I had to, like, call out for them. I was like, please, somebody help me, because they closed the curtain and shit, and you're just sitting in there by yourself. I had little ice packs on my hands and on my feet. That's another thing. If you're going to have chemo done, you make sure that you get ice packs and for your hands and for your feet, because that coldness will keep your nerve endings there from getting affected so that you don't develop neuropathy. Now, I had to ask them for them damn um, ice bags, and that's because the home girl of mine had had breast cancer too, and she told me about that. So I, when I went in there, I was like, um, can I get ice packs for my feet and my hand? They were like, oh, we don't normally. I said, well, do you have them? She was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, can I get them? I'm the fuck what you normally do or what you normally don't do. Can I get the ice packs? So... um gets me the ice packs, whatever. Okay, so then I'm like, you know, can somebody please help me, whatever. I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. I was all red and hot and blood and all, like, sweating and felt like I was going to throw up. I felt like I really had to go to the bathroom, like I had to pee, right? And I kept telling the lady, ma'am, I have to get up and pee. She's like, they're getting, like, EKG machines out and shit, trying to get an EpiPen, trying to make sure I'm not going into anaphylactic shock, shit like that, whatever. I'm like, ma'am, I need to get up and pee. She's like, Miss Hopkins, you cannot get up yet. Blah, blah. And I'm like, ma'am, I have to pee. You can come with me. You're probably going to have to walk me there or get a fucking wheelchair, whatever, but I have to pee. You have to like, get a, uh, a pot, a, a little 
side um, shit or whatever that they give you in the hospital, a bedpan, whatever, but you got, I have to pee. And she kept telling me, no, we cannot let you up right now. This broad going to tell me, um, if you got to pee that bad, just pee on yourself and we'll clean you up. I said, what? I said, lady, I am not peeing on myself. I said, you going to have to let me the fuck up now. Like, I'm serious. You're going to have to let me up. I'm not pissing on myself. I didn't bring any extra clothes. And even if I did, I'm not pissing on myself. So I made enough of a stink about it. Um, and they finally did let me up and go to the, and you know, go to the bathroom. But I thought that that was weird. Like, that was one of the after effects of that, um, of that chemo was that uh, that I had to, you know, go to the bathroom, that I had to go urinate, like it made me immediately feel like I had to pee. So, um, okay, so I had this, so that crazy reaction that I had, right? and I, I mean, it got worse. Um, it wasn't just like, oh, I just felt like I had to pee. It, it got worse. Like I felt like my whole body had been poisoned. Um. And essentially, that is, in fact, what happened, because chemo is poison. Whether we want to talk about it or we don't want to talk about it, that's what it is. Um, so they stopped the chemo, of course, They, you know, and I was, you know, in and out of the bathroom on my, you know, I was. It was coming out of the front. It was coming from the, you know, I mean, not to get graphic, but, you know, I was puking. I was, you know, going to the bathroom all at the same time. It was horrific. It was really, and I couldn't imagine having to do that or going through that, like, for two days. So they usually say, like, it'll let, you'll be really sick for, like, the first two days after the chemo, and then you should be fine. And I kept thinking to myself, I can't do this for, for 48 hours. I was like, just let me die. I'm not living like this. And that's, again, that's how I felt for me. I was like, ain't no way in hell I'm living like I cannot. And so I told the nurses, I said, well, I said, thank you, you know, thank you so much for your help. You know, when I finally left, I had to sleep a little bit and then, you know, get up and then we left. And I'm telling you, for like a week, I slept for a whole week. If I, you know, I would get up and shower and go to the bathroom and get something to drink or whatever, but I, I was done for a week. And I didn't even get a full treatment, but I was done. And I, and my whole, you know, that whole praying to God and asking God for a sign and all that, I knew right then and there, I knew before I walked out of that um, cancer center that, you know, that that was my sign right there. I couldn't go get my hair cut the day before the the lady rescheduled. Because imagine I had went and got my head shaved and then went for that cancer treatment the next day and then had that allergic reaction and was never going back and still had to walk around with a bald head, you know. I was like, you know, thank you, God, for sparing me of that and for being so graceful. Um, and then also thank you for the allergic reaction because I took that as a sign. And I, it, I never questioned that, you know. 
sometimes, like I said before, I'll, you know, be like, God, show me a sign. I need you to, you know, hit me in the head with it because I'll question shit. But right then and there, I was like, nope, no question in this. We're done. I remember the nurses was like, you'll be back, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, see ya. And never, you know, never did that again. And that was just, and I say this lightly and lightheartedly because this is my way of dealing with it, right? I don't say this is not a joke. Cancer is no joke, and it takes people's lives every day. This is just my journey, and I never took it lightly. Um, it is very serious. Um, and something that comes along with that and that is very serious is educating ourselves on this creation that was made for us, this, this thing that we live in, that our soul lives in and we walk around in every day, this body. Um, know how your body works. Know how it functions. Um, research and educate yourself on natural ways to heal your body and ways to prevent cancer from forming in your body. What things to stay away from. And when you do research, you got to do research down to, like, molecular molecular levels. I'm talking, like, getting down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and everything and anything, every information and everything that you would ever want to know, it's just a couple of thumb clicks away or a couple of finger clicks away if you're using a computer. But everything is right. You always have your phone with you. You always have information with you, any and everything that you want to know. You just have to want to know it, and you have to know that it's important enough to know, and that the more you know, the better advocate you can be for your health care and your life, because this is your life. You being diagnosed with cancer does not mean you are going to die. You being born meant you were going to die. More than you having cancer means you're going to die. Cancer is not a death sentence. It is serious. It is important to stay on top of. But it's not a death sentence. How much do you want to live? Or do you just want to suffer and let it go and just be at the hands of, you know, at the hands of strangers, honestly? Um, that probably wasn't really the right wording, but, you know, doctors are doctors. Uh, yes, there's many doctors that care. There's many doctors that don't care. There's many do there's many doctors in between that. There's, you know, doctors are human. Um, medical staff are human. Uh, they are fallible, just as you and I are. Um, that reminds. I have sat down with my after I uh, declined the, you know, going back to the chemo. I had sat down with my oncologist in Florida, and I said to her, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, if, if your mother 
had had the same breast cancer that I have, would you let her go through chemo? And she was from, um, and I'll tell you why that I even say this. Like she, she, I think I'm pretty sure she was some kind of like from some Indian descent, uh, maybe like India, Pakistan, something uh, like that. And um, I said to her, or she, she may have even been Iranian. I think actually she was Iranian, so I spoke incorrectly. I'm sorry. I think she was Iranian. Um. And she said that she would let her mother have the chemo like this. Like I said, would you? Would this be the treatment plan for your mother if 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 she was diagnosed with the same? She had everything the same exact. If I was your mother, would this be the same treatment plan? And she said yes. And I know she was lying. And if she wasn't lying, I didn't believe her. So it doesn't matter whether she was lying or not. I didn't believe a word that came out of her mouth. And I remember asking her, like, okay, is there anything at home that I can be doing? This was before the chemo started or before the chemo reaction. I said, you know, is there anything at home that I can be doing nutritional-wise or anything like that um, that I can do to help prepare my body for the chemo, um, help prepare my body for the surgery? Um, because I would figure, you know, they would know – they. I thought that they would know, like, you know, herbs and maybe some fruits and vegetables and shit that I didn't know about or whatever that could, you know. She sat right there in my face and told me, and not only her, but my other oncologist in Virginia told me the same thing because I started this journey in Virginia. So my I started in Virginia and ended it in Virginia, actually. So the other oncologist in Virginia said that, they just wanted me to eat, and the same thing in Florida, just eat. It don't matter what you eat. I said, so I, I can just go and eat, like, you know, two, three, four, five, I don't know, whatever, Big Macs, and I can just eat McDonald's and eat whatever. Not that I eat that shit because I don't. Um, And they were like, yeah. And I knew right then and there I was like, oh, these motherfuckers got to be watched. You're not going to tell me I can just go eat whatever I want. And I'm sick. I got. I'm sick. There's something wrong. And you're gonna tell me I can just eat whatever it is I want? What's wrong with you? And their philosophy behind that was because I questioned them later on. Their philosophy behind that was, um, you know, well, when you're starting chemo, if you know you lose your appetite, so we want you to eat as much as you can when you can, so that you don't become malnutrition or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, right, whatever. So even when I'm having malnutrition, what nutrition is coming from a McDonald's meal? What nutrition is coming from Burger King or any, like anything? Any kind of food from outside, anything like, where is the nutritional value coming from any of that? Of course, I would still be malnutrition even if I was eating that shit. I just wouldn't lose weight maybe, but there's no nutrition in any of that. So, I mean, I just, again, I just, I, I don't get it. But they, you know, they're the ones with, with degrees. They, they're doctors. But I am just, the type of person that takes, I needed to take control of my journey and my health and um, and my life and my outcome because it's mine. Nobody else is going to speak up for me. 
The only person that's going to do that is me. And I probably always sound like a, um, when I talk about this stuff like Western medicine and doctors and all that shit, I mean, I, I probably talk about it like I'm, you know, so anti-doctors. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not anti-doctors. I'm not anti-tests. I just, I just think that there's other ways to heal our bodies. I'm, I'm, I definitely am like anti-medicine. I really am. Unless it's a life-threatening situation, I'm anti-medication. If you got diabetes, high blood pressure, whatever, there's shit you can eat that you can incorporate into your diet and shit that you can eliminate out of your diet that will cure that shit. So you don't have to be on that medication for the rest of your life. And if you look at the medication that you've taken and the side effects and all this other shit, and they're lifetime side effects, not just for the time that you're on that shit, lifetime side effects. You know, you'll have your blood pressure will be, be fine, but, you know, your heart's going to fucking explode. Or, you know, you, um, your diabetes will be under control, but guess what? Your liver is going to start to break down, which then is going to, throw your diabetes out of control anyway because these are all the side effects of all this medication. So I just, and I just don't, I don't trust it, you know. I, the food, even food and drink and all that shit, but we can't, you know, it, there's bad stuff in everything, even the air that we breathe. So I don't want anybody, you know, I, I've never tried to get all crazy and nuts about it. Um, again, these are just my feelings and my thoughts. And, I, you know, I didn't spend 40, almost 45 minutes or 40 minutes talking about this, and I really wanted to talk about that Cleveland Clinic, um, that trial for the uh, the vaccine. So I, I told you guys that um, I was looking up, and this, you know, ties right back into um, being my, you know, uh, going out and educating yourself and, and looking stuff up and researching and seeing what's right for you and for your body. And just because you have the same type of cancer that somebody else has doesn't mean that the same treatment that they went through is the, is the right treatment for you because your body is going to react differently to the cancer and the treatment, whatever it is that you decide to do, whether it's nutritional treatment, chemo, radiation, surgery, whatever, it doesn't matter. We are all individuals, and just because it's the same type, doesn't mean it's it's going to be the same and your journey is going to be the same because it ain't. Um, and by the way, I found another I found another story on a 31. She just got diagnosed in May. 31 years old, newly pregnant, found out that she had cancer right in her pregnancy. Breast cancer. I don't think hers is triple negative breast cancer like mine is, um, but I, I think hers was estrogen-driven. And not even a month after she found out she had the cancer, they would did a mastectomy. They did, uh, they did a partial mastectomy on her. She went in and had one of her, her whole breasts taken off. Not even a month after the diagnosis, and she's pregnant. And I'm not, look, that's her journey. I'm not embarking on or trying to impede on what she did and the decision she made in her life. 
but that's a short time span to have to make a decision like that. So my point is saying that is because I kind of went through that too. Like when they said, oh, you have cancer, I was like, okay, we got to get this ball rolling. Let's get it boom, boom, boom. I need these tests. I need to go to this doctor. I need to find out if this cancer is anywhere else. I mean, I I was like, you know, uh, the road runner. You know what I mean? You can't walk around like the Pink Panther. You know what I mean? You got to be like the road runner. I just always think about the Pink Panther. I love the the music to it. Anyway, um, so, you know, to, I'm following her story on TikTok, and, well, she's 31, 31 with breast cancer. I think she said it was like stage 1A or some shit. And then that's another thing, stage 1A, and you got, you, you let them take your whole, I, I shouldn't say that, okay, stage 1A, and you got a mastectomy, okay? I don't want to. Um, again, I don't want to impede on anybody else's decisions for their for themselves, but I just want people, um, you know, you have time. You do, um, hopefully you have time. Depending on your situation, you have time to make some decisions. But just, you know, make, make, make the best decision for you. So, okay. Um, all right, so... I wanted to go back to that Cleveland Clinic trial, and I'm not going to have much time, but we'll take as much time, you know, we'll, we always have the next show. Okay, so we, we were talking about this vaccine trial that they actually have been doing for about 20 years in the Cleveland Clinic. It may be like 21 years now. They've been coming up with this, and just in the last couple of years, they've now um, started human trials. So they are in, um, they're in the second stage of human trials right now. Uh, so we'll get more reports on that. But as I was looking that up, that trial, that vaccine is supposed to, the way the vaccine is supposed to work is when you have triple negative breast cancer, the one common denominator that these researchers have been able to find, um, the one common denominator is an overexpression of a particular protein that is in our bodies in women's bodies when we lactate. Um, and that protein is called alpha-lactobumin, alpha-lactobumin. So in triple negative breast cancer patients, there's an overexpression of this protein. This protein can be found in dairy products. It can be found in whey products. Um, it is found, you know, in milk. It's supposed to be... Uh, the protein that, you know, gives off this amino acid that helps in strengthening our, uh, that helps in strengthening our bones. So as I was looking this information up about the alpha, the alpha, the alpha lactobumin, I found that there is, this and I talked about this a couple either last week or the week before, but there is, you know, on Market Watch, uh, marketwatch.com, there was a press release on June 18th of 2023 at 4:30 p. Or this is when this article was published, June 18th, 2023 at 4:30 p.m. Um, Alpha Lactobumin Market 2023 held the highest share and 
expected and expected highest CAGR by 2030. Um, and CAGR, what the hell does that stand for? It's got something to do with some damn money and some return on in this market share. So um, there is a whole market for this alpha lactobumin. Now, I don't know if this protein, and you know what, we'll, all right, so that's some research for me. I don't know if this protein is overexpressed in, no, I, I don't think it is. Um, I was going to say in other breast cancer patients, like breast cancer patients that don't have triple negative breast cancer, um, if their breast cancer is uh, due to um, high estrogen or progesterone um, or there are some other things as well that they test. So my point of saying that is, is I don't think that, um, that, that there's an overexpression of this alpha-lectobumin in those women. Um, but I do think that alpha-lectobumin also plays a role in creating these amino acids that create a role in uh, estrogen and progesterone as well. Um, I know that they play a role in melanin and melatonin, these amino acids that are created. It's like a nine-chain uh, protein or something. So you really have to like delve. This is what I was talking about earlier. Like when you are doing your research, you really have to delve into every little thing. Like, oh, okay, this is, I don't know. I didn't know what the hell alpha lactobumin was. So I was like, oh, let me look this up. So, and then I had to start like looking up, okay, it tells you, this is when you get into like the molecular structure of things and your cells and stuff. Um, so it's like a nine-chain uh, protein or whatever, and then pieces break off and they turn into amino acids, and these amino acids, again, play a role in melanin, melatonin, um, strengthening of our bones and stuff. Uh, so there's a lot more information. I had gotten, like, that far. Uh, like I said, I was, you know, at my part-time job today, so I had gotten that far, and there was, you know, that much information that I was actually able to get. But I just, again, this goes back to, like, there's a whole, when I say there's a whole market on them, like, they're trading, right? So um, if this overexpression of the alpha-lactobumin, um, you know, is causing triple negative breast cancer, which, by the way, is the most aggressive most lethal and least responsive breast cancer that you can have. It's the most lethal breast cancer to have. Not discounting any other breast cancer, because cancer is cancer, but different cancers act different ways. Um, and this particular breast cancer is uh, more lethal, and it is because of the high growth factor in these particular tumors. Um, these particular tumors grow at a much faster pace than the other breast cancer uh, tumors or other types of breast cancer. So, you know, those breast cancer tumors lack this uh, elevated growth factor that triple negative breast cancer um, has. So 
if you look at a list of foods and stuff like this, so like, and I had said this before on earlier shows, um, Arla Foods, uh, which is a huge, huge company. If you look up Arla Foods, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. So there is, you know, this alpha lactobumin in uh, Arla Foods ingredients. Um, they there's uh, some pharmaceutical companies listed here. Uh, food companies. So this particular protein is being put in a lot of products and is creating a lot of money. This one protein. This, this, just this one person. Whether it's in powder form, liquid form, whatever, they can, I guess they make it in all forms uh, because it's in milk, it's in yogurt, it's in cheese, it's in whey protein, like a, you know, like a protein powder in uh, whey powder that you could, you know, put that most people put in shakes and um, smoothies and shit. Uh, I never used any of that in any of my smoothies that I was doing. Um, never, never used any kind of protein, whey powder, nothing. I just, if it wasn't, if I wasn't getting it from its, you know, the protein from its natural form, like peanut butter or, or beans or something like that, no meat. But if it wasn't something natural that was, you know, grown from a tree or the ground, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't putting it in my smoothies. So, you know, apparently this is in, oh, and you know what? It's in infant formulas, dietary supplements, pharmaceuticals, dairy products, food and beverages, and others is what is what it says, what this article says. So why are they pushing this? Why, why is this making so much money? Um. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I don't know why this is making so much money. Excuse me one moment. Let me take a drink before I cough again. So I'm gonna we're gonna do some investigative stuff on that. Um and I have slowly but surely been getting um to some more investigative stuff, hence why I'm able to bring you a little bit of new stuff today. Uh so we'll get into that. We'll get into some more of that next week. I do want to, um, so just, you know, kind of like an overview of um, of kind of what we covered today and what we'll um, cover next week. Uh, we'll continue this conversation about the alpha lactobumin next week, of course, and we'll that'll be for the next, you know, for the next while because there's a lot of information there. So we'll go ahead and we'll get, you know, back into that. Um, and then, um, you know, I'll give you whatever updates need to be given, um, whatever, you know, potentially going on in my life at the time. Uh, I do want to uh, plug some of the shows that are here on the J. King Network. So what you're listening to right now is the J. King Network on Blog Talk Radio. So if you go to blogtalkradio.com, you can then in their search menu go to J. King Network, uh, or you can just Google J. King Network, and that should take you right over to the network. And on the J. King Network are several 
shows, podcasts, whatever you want to call them. Same thing that I'm doing right here, right now. So every so Monday through Friday, we have a show called Kings in the Morning, and that is hosted by Jay King, uh, founder and uh, lead of Club Nouveau. Also, this the president of the Black Chamber of Commerce uh, in California. Um, still, still performing. I got to see a little bit of their performance last night. Uh, Club Nouveau is still performing. I got to see a little bit of it um, in a video. They performed last night in Atlanta. I was hoping I'd be able to hear their new song uh, be performed, but that's okay. I, what they were performing and that was filmed that I saw was uh, Lean on Me. So of course that's you know always a classic. Um. So anyway, so we have a show called, so it's Kings in the Morning, and it's at Monday through Friday from the, from 8 a.m. to to 10 a.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. And then that would be 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's Monday through Friday. Uh, you can call 515-605-9376 to listen in or press the 1 and join in the conversation. You can also uh, just, you know, go to Blog Talk and the JK Network, Kings in the Morning, and you can uh, join in the chat there. Uh, if you are going to listen or join in, I tell you to listen at your own risk. Uh, we do get down and dirty. Uh, we all love each other, but we, we sometimes we say some hateful shit to one another, and it's okay because we do it in fun and in jest. Um, so you can join that. Um, also, there's queens in the morning, and they come in. They come on before kings in the morning, of course, because queens are always first. Um, and they come on. I want to say that they come on at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, but check the times. Uh, just check out uh, the J. King Network and check the times. And then every Sunday, um, a couple of hours after this show, is Dr. Princess Odelia. She comes on at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 8 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, every Sunday. And um, that's Dr. Princess Odelia, and she talks about her journey through life. Uh, we have about uh, 60 seconds left, so I just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for going back. For those that don't get to listen live, thank you for going back and listening. I see that you've listened. I don't know who and I can see that there have been additional listens um, after the live has ended. So thank you all again so much for your support. Sean Patrick, we love you. We miss you. Um, everybody have a great uh, coming week, and we will see you next Sunday right here, same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, be graceful and keep a smile on those beautiful faces. Have a wonderful week.